Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the McCabe Kerwood Podcast. Today, I will be taking a closer look at the process involved in claiming common law damages in accordance with the Motor Accidents Injuries Act 2017. Our recent podcast series looked at the assessment of a claimant's earning capacity and statutory payments entitlement. The commencement of a claim for damages extends an injured person's entitlement to statutory weekly benefits beyond the maximum period of 104 weeks, where a claim for damages is made. The maximum period for statutory weekly payments varies between 156 weeks for those that are assessed with a whole person impairment not greater than 10% and 260 weeks for those that are assessed with a whole person impairment greater than 10%. Pursuant to section 3.12 subsection 3, statutory weekly payments cease where the claim for damages is withdrawn, settled or determined on a date more than 104 weeks from the accident where an injured person successfully claims damages for loss of earning capacity, the injured person ceases to be entitled to statutory weekly payments and must pay back the statutory weekly payments that they have already received from their damages. Pursuant to section 6.14 subsection 1 and 6.14 subsection 2, most claims for damages must be made between a date of 20 months and 36 months after an accident. There are a couple of exceptions that apply. An early claim for damages can be made within 20 months of the accident where the claim is in respect of the death of a person or injury resulting in a degree of permanent impairment that is greater than 10%, or a late claim for damages can be made beyond 36 months where the claim provides a full and satisfactory explanation for the delay in making the claim. Importantly, section 6.14 subsection 5 provides that a late claim for damages may not be referred to the dispute resolution service for assessment unless the insurer has lost the right to reject the claim on the ground of delay, or the dispute resolution service determines that the claimant has a full and satisfactory explanation for the delay in making the claim, or the claim is referred to the dispute resolution service only for a certificate of exemption from assessment. Not dissimilar to Section 73 of the Motor Accidents Compensation Act, Section 6.146, provides that the insurer loses the right to reject the claim for damages on the grounds of delay if the insurer does not within two months of the claim reject the claim on the ground of delay or ask the claimant for a full and satisfactory explanation for the delay or does not within two months of receiving an explanation for delay reject the explanation. Pursuant to section 6.14 subsection 7, the insurer may apply to the court to have the proceedings on a claim for damages dismissed on the ground of delay if the application is made not more than two months after the statement of claim is served on the defendant and received by the insurer, and the insurer has not lost the right to reject the claim on the ground of delay. The court must dismiss the proceedings unless satisfied that the claimant has a full and satisfactory explanation for the delay in making the claim. In accordance with section 6.20 subsection 1, once a claim for damages is made, the insurer must give notice to the claimant as expeditiously as possible, but in any event, within three months, whether it admits or denies liability to pay damages. 
Section 6.20 subsection 4 deems the insurer to have accepted liability where it fails to notify the claimant of its decision. Section 6.20 subsection 5 allows the insurer to accept liability after having first denied liability. Unlike the position with statutory benefits, however, the insurer is not permitted to deny liability after having first accepted liability. Where a claims assessor determines that an insurer had no reasonable basis to deny liability, Section 6.21 allows the claims assessor to impose a cost penalty of up to 25%. In accordance with Section 6.25 subsection 1, the claimant is required to provide to the insurer all relevant particulars about the claim as expeditiously as possible. Relevant particulars in accordance with Section 6.25 subsection 2 include details of the motor accident, the injuries sustained, all disabilities and impairments alleged, and any economic losses and other losses being claimed as damages. The particulars should be sufficient to enable the insurer to make a proper assessment of the claimant's full entitlement to damages. As a matter of practice, claimants may consider providing relevant particulars under Section 6.25 at the same time they give notice of the claim for damages under Section 6.14, given that notice of damages claim cannot generally be made until after 20 months from the date of the accident in any event. In addition to the obligation to provide relevant particulars pursuant to Section 6.25, the claimant must also cooperate with the insurer pursuant to Section 6.24 subsection 1 by providing sufficient information to allow the insurer to be satisfied as to the validity of the claim and in particular to assess whether the claim may be fraudulent, to be able to make an early assessment of liability and to be able to make an informed offer of settlement. Section 6.26 subsection 1 allows the insurer to serve a notice requiring the claimant to provide relevant particulars when this has not yet occurred. The insurer, however, only has a two-month window starting from a date two and a half years after the accident to give such a notice. If the claimant fails to comply with the notice within three months, Section 6.26 Subsection 3 deems the claimant to have withdrawn the claim. Subsection 6.264 to Subsection 7 set out the requirements the claimant must meet to have a deemed withdrawn claim reinstated. The insurer cannot rely on Section 6.26, however, where a medical decessor has declined to assess the permanent impairment because the claimant's injury has not yet become permanent. Section 6.22 subsection 1 requires the insurer to make a reasonable offer of settlement on a claim for damages as soon as practicable. It must be highlighted that Section 6.22 subsection 1 does not render the obligation to make a reasonable offer of settlement contingent upon the provision of relevant particulars under Section 6.25. This appears to be assumed because Section 6.225 provides that an insurer is not entitled to delay making an offer of settlement on the ground that particulars are insufficient unless the insurer has requested further relevant particulars within two weeks after the claimant provided particulars. Paragraphs 4.99 to 4.102 of the Motor Accident Guidelines address the insurer's obligation to make a reasonable offer and what factors should be taken into account in formulating a reasonable offer. There are three circumstances in which the insurer's obligation to make a reasonable offer of settlement does not arise, where the insurer has wholly denied liability, where the claim is in respect of the death of a person, 
where a medical assessor has declined to assess permanent impairment because the claimant's injury has not become permanent. In contrast to the regime under the 1999 Act, there appears to be no provision in the Maya preventing the parties from referring a damages dispute to the dispute resolution service when the claimant has not provided relevant particulars and the insurer has not made an offer of settlement. Section 6.23 subsection 1 provides that a claim for damages cannot be settled within two years after the motor accident unless the claimant's permanent impairment has been agreed or assessed to be greater than 10%. Given that a claim for damages cannot be made within the first 20 months, the prohibition against settling within the first two years does not appear to cause any significant delay. Importantly, the injured person may continue to receive statutory weekly payments pending the resolution of the damages claim, provided these statutory requirements are otherwise met. Finally, in contrast to the previous motor accident schemes, pursuant to section 6.23 subsection 2, a claim for damages cannot be settled unless the claimant is represented by an Australian legal practitioner or the proposed settlement is approved by the dispute resolution service in circumstances where a claimant is self-represented. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We will be back next week with another addition to our series. In the meantime, please feel free to get in touch with our statutory insurance team for all your Maya and Maca inquiries. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.